Happy Thursday to all you listeners out there. Welcome to interval number two, the second installment of Run Along's little baby show. And with that, we're going to get right into today's story. Today we are talking about Shelly Pennefather, although now she is known as Sister Rosemary. It's an intense tale that touches on a lot of different things in sport and beyond, so I'm just going to start right from the beginning. Mary Michelle Pennefather was born in 1966 to Mary Jane and Mike Pennefather. She was one of seven children, and the Pennefathers were a pretty typical Catholic family. Mary Jane, the matriarch, she ran a a pretty tight ship in the house. Very anti-technology, there was no TV, made sure the whole family was together to pray to the rosary every night, even if that meant staying up pretty late to make sure all of them were home. Didn't want anything ostentatious as part of the family's every day. I think you kind of get the picture. Mike was an Air Force colonel. And for the family, that meant there was a good amount of bouncing around, uh, being on different bases and different cities. And there were other kids around. It was really sort of a place that encouraged the kids to entertain themselves And this is how basketball, this is one of the elements that allowed basketball to be introduced into Shelly Pennefather's life. So her dad taught Shelly and her siblings the game of basketball. He taught taught them how to shoot. And it became clear very early on that Shelly had a special talent for the sport. She went on to be a standout in high school, which is really an understatement. She spent her first three years of high school in Denver at Bishop Mashabuf. Butchered that name, but the team went 70-0. This sort of dominance just continued when the family was transferred to Utica, New York, and she played basketball at Notre Dame High School, and her team went 26-0. Shelly Pennyfather grew to be 6-1, by the way, so that, that seems like an important fact. Unsurprisingly, college coaches from around the country were blowing up the phone at the Pennefather house in hopes of getting Shelly to come play at their school. Villanova, however, won her services. Uh, Villanova is the oldest Catholic university in Pennsylvania, so it was a good fit for for Shelly in a lot of ways. In her four years at Villanova, she she made quite the impact, winning Big East Player of the Year three times, she was a first-team All-American. She, her senior year, won the Wade Trophy, an honor presented to the best women's basketball player in Division One. She scored 2,408 points, breaking Villanova's all-time record for both men and women. And keep in mind that she, she set that record without the benefit of the three-point shot, because we're talking about the 80s here. And that record still stands today. The school, rightfully so, retired her jersey. Pennefather graduates from Villanova, and the WNBA doesn't exist yet, but there's a pretty flourishing women's basketball scene overseas, and Pennefather goes to play for a team called Nippon Express in Japan. They were paying her a solid amount of money, and she played for three seasons in Japan. And this time overseas was really formative for Pennefather. It was really critical in her sort of figuring out something that she'd already really known deep down. Uh, We'll get into that in a sec, but she had a lot of downtime 
uh, playing overseas. The, the pace was slower. They weren't playing as many games in a year. So she had a lot of free time. She taught English. She read a lot of books. She even learned Japanese. But really when it came down to it, Pen and Father just had a lot of time alone. A lot of time for, for deep thinking, for contemplation. At the same time, Penafather had developed this pretty important relationship with Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and had made a promise to God through that relationship. And that was actually initiated when she won a $25,000 bonus by sinking this game-winning shot at the buzzer. She told herself that if she ever won that money, she would go on to donate it to the order. And it was in 1991, during her third season in Japan, that Penafather makes a decision, and that decision was to become a nun, to join the poor Claire's. And I use this word decision cautiously. This would never happen, but if Penafather were to ever listen to this podcast, she probably would not like me using that word. And that's because this really, for her, as she understood it and as she talked about it to her loved ones, this wasn't a decision. This was a calling that she was answering. There had always kind of been this noise, this lingering pull deep within her. And she was finally following that. Um, Her teachers, back when she was in fourth grade, told a story of they were asking the kids what they wanted to be when they they grew up. And Shelly said that she wanted to be a saint. So that's pretty remarkable right there. And then if you look... Uh, her career as a basketball player, just kind of how she carried herself as an athlete, how she carried herself as a person. She was very modest. Um, she didn't like attention. She would throw away her trophies. She hated fielding the advances of coaches that wanted to bring her to their school. She participated more in the religious sort of student life at Villanova than in anything else. So in a lot of ways, Shelley Penafather's decision to become a nun was was not surprising to those in her circle. But we do have to talk about the Poor Clares specifically. This is the sect that she joined. The Poor Clares are one of the strictest religious orders in the world. And now I'm just going to kind of bullet point a few of their tenets, their beliefs, some of the things that they follow. They sleep on straw mattresses in full habit. They don't eat more than one full meal a day. They wake up every night at 1230 a.m. to pray. They never rest more than four hours at a time. They are barefoot 23 hours of the day. They are cut off from society, so they will never leave the monastery unless there's a medical emergency. The nuns get two family visits per year. They can talk to their loved ones through a see-through screen. They are allowed to write to their friends, but only if their friends write to them first. So poor Claire's are not messing around. So yes, in 1991, Shelley Penafather decides that she's going to join the poor Claire's She's giving up, by the way, a contract offer for $200,000 to keep playing basketball in Japan. That's about $400,000 today. And it would have made her one of the richest players in women's basketball. This is not something that Penafather would have cared about, but seems, again, like an important fact. So on June 8th, 1991, taking nothing with her, doesn't pack anything, Shelly Penafather says goodbye to her friends and family, hugs them one last time, and she leaves. Now, it's 2019, which means it's been 28 years since Shelly Penafather, now known as Sister Rosemarie, became a nun. 
Obviously, a lot has happened in the world since then that she never got to witness. And a lot has happened in the lives of those close to her. Now, just one thing that I'll bring up is her father passed away from skin cancer. And because she made this commitment, she didn't get to go to his funeral. Earlier this year, though, an incredible event happened. An event that had teammates and friends coming from all around the country. Um, Her mom was preparing for three weeks for this event, making food. It got ESPN on the family's doorstep, etc. And this event was Sister Rosemary's Jubilee Mass. And this was the day that she got to make physical contact with her family. She got to hug her mom. She gave a speech and recounted stories and made jokes with her friends. Sister Rosemary talks about how full her life is and how she has no regrets. And this occasion will not happen again for another 25 years. I think for most of us, it's really hard to wrap our heads around what it means to pursue the life that Sister Rosemary has pursued. But regardless of your faith, I think most of us can agree that Sister Rosemary is an incredible woman and an inspiring woman just considering what she practices and what she's committed to. And her story is one that generates more questions than answers when we think about sense of purpose and an enriching life, what's important. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening and hope to see you next time. Thank you.